Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, when our guest comes, I like to stop and take a little time to welcome them and tell them thank you so much for coming because I know that you're about to spend some very expensive stuff here at Threads of Enlightenment, your time that is such a valuable commodity. And I just want to thank Joshua for coming and spend some of that quality time with us. The other is his journey, his knowledge, the journey housed who he was and made Joshua who he is today. So we are excited that he's willing to come and share with us so that we can learn from him and become better uh, human spirits while we're here as he began to educate us about some of the things that I'm very uh, excited about, about quantum energy transformation. Uh, he's going to talk about all these type things and how we can utilize it in our life. Joshua, I want to thank you for coming, man. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to share with you today. That's for sure. Excellent. I want you to tell the people the things that you have given so far as far as your experience. What have you done? I know you're an author. You have the Quantum Energy Center. I know you have many other things that are available. I know you have the, um, the uh, uh, Facebook group, a few other things that you have. Talk to them about everything. Joshua, and then we're going to have this beautiful conversation about how did you get there. Absolutely. So um, you can reach me at beingquantum.com. And what I do is I help people, especially those that are sensitive, like empaths and intuitives and energy workers, to help them live the life they've always wanted to live, to live a life without that sensitivity being a problem. Yes, that is excellent because everyone always tells those people, Joshua, something is wrong with them or that, that you're too sensitive and all these type of stuff. And people like that empath, they can't, some of them can internalize that and stagnate their growth and their gifts. So um, talk to me, Josh, about your child upbringing? What was your family like, Joshua? What was that uh, first place by which you landed as an individual here on this earth? What was that like? Well, that's interesting because I was adopted. So I came into this earth uh, in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I was adopted. So I went to some new parents. Now, of course, as a baby, I didn't know what was going on. But I had very, very loving, loving and caring present parents. My parents were uh, very, 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 they loved me so much. They wanted me to thrive and they did everything for me. And at the same time, my mother is like Judge Judy and my father is like Judge Wobble. <laughs> So if you, if you know their energies, they're pretty strong energies, right? And here I am, this sensitive soul, and uh -huh. they're strong energies. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> what is happening <laughs> in this world to me? So I, you know, learned to deal with their, their uh, strong energy. And still, I remember when I was I don't know, nine years old, eight years old, something like that, my parents would fight sometimes, you know, as, as all parents mm -hmm. would do. But, um, and, and that's part of the way that they actually communicated. So for them, they were expressing themselves. For me, it was killing me. It was like, oh my God, what is happening? Why are they doing this? This is not good. So... Eventually, yeah. my parents learned that this was not good for me, so they stopped doing that. They stopped communicating mm -hmm. in that way, in at least in front of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that was very. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How did that make you feel as a young man interpreting this communication amongst these two adults? How did you, because you said it was traumatic to you, how did it affect you in your thinking towards them and even to yourself? What was your, um, how did you uh, receive it? How did you accept it to you to make it um, understandable? 
Well, I thought it was uh, harsh and I thought it was way over the top for me. And it was too, <laughs> it was too much for me to handle. But the issue at the same time that that was happening, there were other energies and things that were really scaring me in the house. I didn't know then, but that what I know now, I had entities in the house. So there were negative spirits and negative entities inside the house. I, I remember going downstairs when I was like 10 years old. At that, at that time, my parents would let me, you know, stay at home by myself for like an hour, you know, so like just to make sure they were, I was, they were nearby kind of thing. But um, they wanted me to, to, to have some independence. So when that happened, I would go downstairs because that was where I would play. And when I was downstairs, yeah. I would hear my name being called Joshua. Like nobody is home but me. <laughs> so this was really wow. scary that my name would be called like that. So I ran upstairs, like, who is calling my name? Um, I'd be scared to take out the garbage at night because it was dark. And in, at the, in the darkness, I would feel these negative feelings. And I didn't know what that was. So while my parents were very strong-willed and had lots of energy, there were energies that I couldn't mm -hmm. exactly see that were also yeah. making me feel scared. But then, like, at night, even, uh, I would see things in my closet. Now, I know the doors are closed, but I would see that there were things there. I would see things in my room, and I didn't realize at the time I was clairvoyant. So, but, but, yeah. so as a child, that was like, uh, I don't know what that is. So I would get up and tell someone, whether that be my parents or the babysitter. And of course, they would come in and they would show me, no, it's all good. Nothing's here. They'd open the closet, of course. And I'm and I'm and all I'm thinking is, mm -hmm. as soon as you leave, <laughs> as soon as you go, they're going to come back. It doesn't matter what you're showing me. So nobody yeah. understood what I was going through. Nobody got that I could see things, and I didn't get it either. You know, yeah. I didn't know. I was just scared. So it was just definitely yeah. as a child, it was difficult for me to grow up and to deal with all of these energies. But then at the same time. When I got into second grade, I was having some trouble in school. And I didn't know why I was having trouble in school. But, you know, now I realize school teaches you one way. And if you don't learn that way, then, then, then you're the problem. <laughs> so, right? so um, I was left back in, I believe it was second grade that I was left back in another year. My parents in the school decided that I should stay back one year to learn um that that same grade again and maybe i would do better wow. when i got into the third grade they realized i was still having trouble even though i did the same grade one more time uh so yeah um my parents took me wow. to new york where all the best doctors and specialists are and they wanted to see well what was what was wrong with joshua and so i was eventually diagnosed with a neurological impairment which now they, they call that ADD or ADHD. And then I was also diagnosed with dyslexia. And so now I'm, now I'm really broken. I, <laughs> I have difficulty reading. And I have um, a hyper disorder. Um, and now I'm moving the best of my life that I can. And I go... Uh, through through the schooling of third grade, my parents had a good idea to send me to New York to go to a special school where I could maybe learn better. So that was actually an exciting adventure for me. Going to school in New York was wonderful. I love New York. Uh, New York is, yeah. is my favorite. So I would go into school to New York and I would I was learning. It was much better than the school in New Jersey so, because that was a public school. This was actually a private school. It went very nicely for me, and I learned so much, and it was all good. And then my parents thought, well, in junior high school, maybe maybe you could handle, like as if it were my fault that all this is happening, <laughs> maybe I could handle going to a regular school again and not have to go into a special school. You know, and I'm sure that my parents were thinking of it from a financial point of view too, right? You know. The, 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 the free school is obviously less expensive than the paid school. So I said, okay, I would try it. 
it wasn't a great situation. I was in the special class. Um, I was treated differently. I was looked at differently. And I was with people who had lots and lots of difficulties that you could physically see. Um, and the difficulties that I was yeah. having, you, you couldn't see. So let's just say for those two years, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> it was just a waste of time. So my parents decided to send me back to New York for, you know, the rest of junior high school and high school. And I yeah. didn't do well my very first year there. Actually, I was failing everything because I had just come from a place where I didn't have to do anything. You know, I didn't have, it was yeah, public yeah. school. I was in a special class. You know, we, we spend our time writing mm -hmm. our letters, you know, or, or things like this. They were very simple. I could do any of that. But then when they actually had me, asked me to work, what do you mean work? <laughs> I didn't know I had to do work anymore. So <laughs> when I went to, when I went to that school, I, realize, well, I've got to get my act together. I really have to get my act together here because I'm not doing well and I'm not, not trying to do well. I just didn't expect all this work. So yeah. I decided to, you know, I called it, Joshua's going to turn over a new leaf, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to be better and better. And it wasn't until uh, the next year when I had a teacher by the name of Mr. Vest. And Mr. Vest... Mm -hmm. Um, had a briefcase. And I thought that was really neat that he had a briefcase. I wanted a briefcase, just like Mr. Best did. So yeah. um, I told my parents yeah. that I wanted a briefcase because I thought that would be very helpful. And my parents said, okay, yeah. well, you know, my, my mother would go to the garage sales every, every, uh, <laughs> every weekend and I would go with yeah. her sometimes. And she found this beautiful briefcase that somebody was selling secondhand. And so she gave me the briefcase and I said, oh, I love it. I love it. So I had a briefcase. And this was my first learning about organization. How do you organize yourself? I was very bright, How by the way. Were you, huh? How old were you when you made that decision? I need to um, do something. How old were you? I was about 15 years old, I think. Yeah, because I had just finished junior high school mm -hmm. and I did one more year. So I was 13 in junior high school, 14 and so maybe 15, 16, something like that. Okay. And so when I was in junior high school, I'm sorry, when I was in, um, when I was in high school uh, for the second year, I decided mm -hmm. um, that I would have this briefcase and my organization got better. And I utilized that information mm -hmm. to learn how to, you know, file things because it was a filing section. And, 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 and instead, before I was bringing all of my books back and forth, and it was really heavy into this big book bag that was all messed up. And, you know, when I handed it a paper, it was like crumpled, but not with the briefcase, you see. Yeah. But then I had to learn, yeah. well, how do I know what books to take? Because I was always taking every book back and forth so I wouldn't forget something. But now I was remember, learning to remember, oh, I only need these books because I don't only have homework in these areas. So it was really neat that I was mm -hmm. learning skills on my own that, that the school wasn't teaching me. I was learning myself in my own way. And finally... I learned how to organize so well that the school asked me to teach other kids in the school how to organize. And I wow. felt really proud of myself. So I was, I was getting better and better at school and I was already helping other people and this was going really great. So finally, um, we get to my, my, my third year in, in high school and I'm, I'm, I'm helping other students. I'm really doing well. I'm, I went from yeah. like the worst kid in school, like the, the one that really didn't do much at all to the best kid in school. If there was, wow. you know, some kind of, um, you know, you know, reward that they would give someone, they would, they would have given it to me. Uh, they did have me speak at mm -hmm. the, uh, at the school. Um, during during graduation, but before before I say that, my parents decided to go one year early to look at colleges because they wanted to make sure that I would you know have some experience looking before we really look. So we went to a yeah. New England college to look at the college. They had some really great resources, and what was really great about this was they had resources for kids who had difficulties, which you know I don't. Or we'll call it learning differences, <laughs> right? Because I learned differently. <laughs> so 
but but yep. but they let all the students whether you had learning differences or not everybody could come to the learning center and everybody got any kind of help they needed so there wasn't any segregation of oh that that that's you know one of the kids that you know has a problem kind of thing we were all able to go there and and, and enjoy the services so that was really really great so i i felt that that was a good a good setup for me i wasn't going to be the you know the 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 sore thumb kind of kind of kid anymore yeah and yeah. uh but what happened was remember I, I was going there a year early to look and the school said well he's ready now mm-hmm. can can he come wow. to college now like immediately basically because it was almost the end of the year and you know summer was coming they wanted me to start summer school and then go through uh, you know start start my first year of college and College, yeah. My my parents didn't get that, so I'm sitting in there, and the lady's saying, "I want him now." And my parents are saying, "Well, we'll have to see about next year." I said, "No, mom, she's wanting us to come now, like right now." <laughs> and and because I, I must have like obviously made a good impression, and 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 my mom uh-huh. said, "Well, okay, I guess you could come now. I don't have an issue with you starting <laughs> early." So I didn't yeah. complete my third on my fourth year of college once I was at my I'm sorry high school I meant to say I didn't finish yeah. I finished three years of high school I went to college and thank God because I was thinking I don't know if college is for me <laughs> you know it's gonna be four more yeah. years after this one more year and I was already getting tired <laughs> so I um, yeah. so when they said early I said okay I'll do that so I went to New England College <laughs> and I went during the summer, and then I, after summer, I uh, I started the year, and I went through the four years of college, and graduated, mm-hmm. and that was an accomplishment that my parents weren't sure I was going to make, <laughs> but I did. I became a journalism major. Uh, you know, I, I I chose lots of different majors. At one time, I wanted to be a um, I want to be, you know, I want to be an actor. And then another time I was, you know, I thought I would be a writer. This would be really cool. So in college, mm-hmm. I decided to sign up for writing classes. But do you know how much reading there is in writing classes? I didn't know this. They were like, when I was, when I got to the class, there were 12 books on my, on my desk. I haven't read a book. <laughs> you know, they want me to read 12. I'm like, no, I don't think yeah. so. So I changed my major from, I changed my major immediately. But I found writing to be very powerful. In my high school, there were some really great teachers that taught me how to write, but I didn't have to write that much. You know, in in high school, we wrote like a page or two. But when I got to college, I used the same tools to write 10 pages or 20 pages or 30 pages. And so the great thing about journalism was you didn't have to write all that much, (laughs) but you got to write. So I was like, yes. So in college, I decided to be a journalism major because I could write well. And I enjoyed it, and yes. so, and and that's why I majored in that. Wow, that is a powerful story, Joshua. Powerful because um, here you are being traumatized as a young, uh, <coughs> a young uh, person with all the different things—the movement of school and the um, the less than thinking that they're telling you—and within that, Joshua, you um, a briefcase um, and learning the principles. Of uh, that you started to learn there about organizing yourself and your thoughts because once you begin to organize yourself, you're actually beginning to organize your thoughts, and you are able to at such a young age to propel yourself to college in um, earlier than you would have had you not done that. Imagine had you not grabbed that briefcase, if you will. Joshua, right. Everything comes to the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> Everything happens there. And I tell people every decision that we make, um, I, I, I have uh, five boys and my, my boys, I would tell them, you have to learn to make decisions on, on quickly. And it tells, I tell them, I said, some information or some decision you make will affect you instantaneously. Some of them will, of course, you know, a couple of days or whatever. And then there are those, Joshua, that will affect you for a lifetime. And I would tell them, I said, you need to choose well. So talk to me 
when you are at this, you've made this accomplishment, you've gained all of that now. How did it begin to resonate within you, seeing that you have done this when you had all of that background um, uh, uh, trauma, if you will? Uh, how did you feel being there and, and accomplished that, Joshua? Yeah, well, I started to uh, teach. Uh, that was one of the things I did during college and after college. I started to teach uh, children, and I was really good at it. And so mm -hmm. uh, that was really good. Unfortunately, it didn't pay the bills, <laughs> right? So I worked at many daycare centers. So I tried to go, <laughs> right? I tried to go and maybe be like assistant director and move. I, I, I didn't make it to director because it. The difference in pay between an assistant director and a director was so little that it was better to have less, yeah. <laughs> less, uh, less um, responsibility and and not get the extra, you know, dollar an hour. And so I figured I would just yeah, yeah. stay with that. But anyway, I I, I, I eventually moved to Washington D.C. area because my brother lived there, mm -hmm. and he thought, you know. Joshua, it's time for you to move out on your own. And I thought, okay, it was about 24 years old. I move out and I go to Washington, D.C. It's a big adventure for me. And uh, little yeah. did I know that I was going to have problems um, soon after getting there. A couple years after I got there, I started to notice that I was having anxiety attacks. Really, really, really big anxiety mm -hmm. attacks. I mean, scary, scary ones. I, I feel like I was having a heart attack. Wow. I would feel like um, you know, the, the, what, like I was so scared, but the thing was, I wasn't scared of anything necessarily in particular. All of a sudden I would just have an anxiety yeah. attack. Sometimes I'd be driving. Sometimes I would just be in my home looking at my computer. Um, whatever it was that was scaring me was very difficult and it was getting worse, not better. And so yeah. I was having a lot of difficulty with this anxiety. So I thought that I would take classes in healing because i thought well maybe i could heal this you know this mm -hmm. anxiety that's happening i could yeah. heal my anxiety and that would be a good thing so yeah yeah i i eventually learned up to 20 different 20 plus different healing modalities most of which i became certified in and um still oh, wow. i really didn't resolve my problem all that all as well as i would like to re resolve my problem and so <laughs> eventually i went to uh, a hypnosis center that was uh, local to me and uh, one in which I could drive to easily because, you know, I was getting anxiety yeah. attacks in my car. So if I had to go far, I wasn't sure if I was going to get anxiety or not. So I went to the center and I thought maybe they could help me. Now, I was already trained in hypnosis by this point, and I was trained in um, neurolinguistic programming at the master level. And yes. And so I thought, well, maybe somebody who was a master like like I was could could do it yeah. with me and I would do better than doing it on my own. Yeah. Well, yeah. after the first session, I already realized I knew more than they did. So that wasn't going to work. <laughs> but I decided yeah. maybe I could help you. So the owner <laughs> of the center said, okay, you can help me. And I started to um, work for her. Um, and helping her run her business. I wasn't doing sessions yeah. yet, you know, because I was, I, I, I did sessions before. Um, I had to stop mm -hmm. having clients because unfortunately, um, when, when I was having clients before, um, I was so anxious. I was, I couldn't figure out, um, you know, I, I couldn't make the appointments. There was a lot going on. So I, I lost all my clients eventually. So when I went to this hypnosis center, I was, you know, client free. I could I could take up any job I wanted. So yeah. I worked for this lady. I didn't do any sessions yet, but then she got into trouble. She said, Joshua, hmm. I need your help. I said, Okay, what do you need? And she said, Well, I have two women here who are coming at the same time for their session. One of the ladies, I've had to reschedule her once before because I had already double booked her. <laughs> and she says I, she says I can't tell either of them to go away and I'm only me yeah. she says could you take one of the clients and she's and she's like wow. giving me stuff to work on I said you don't need to give me stuff I got this so, so I yeah. take this one lady into the room and she has anxiety 
And I'm like, oh, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I this is something I am well versed in. I am an expert at anxiety. So, um, so let me help you. So uh, she sits down and I take her through some processes and I help her release the anxiety right in that moment. And wow. she releases it. And I think, wow, we had such a great session. I, I, I was like, wow, I wish I could do that with myself. So I wouldn't have any anxiety. So it was, it was really amazing what we did. And then she went, um, yeah. she said, I want to speak to the owner. And I said, oh, what did I do now? <laughs> did I do something wrong? And um, she didn't say anything. So she went out and she spoke to the owner and she looked at her and she says, you better keep him. He's amazing. She says, I don't feel wow. anxious at all. I feel like it left my body and I'm just no longer anxious. It just wow. changed her life in that one session that I worked. I didn't even spend a whole hour. I only worked with her for about 40 minutes. So, because we were done. You know, what do you do when you're done? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's it. We did everything we can do. So it was, it was an amazing moment for me. But then the lady at the center realized, oh, he could do sessions. <laughs> so, so, you know, she's like putting her hands together like Smithers, you know. <laughs> she's like, oh, so, so I start doing sessions and eventually I start doing all of the sessions at the center. And so this is where I got wow. um, a lot of practice. But I, I wasn't doing the hypnosis. I was doing quantum work. And yes. I was doing this amazing work where we were moving energy at the cellular level of the body to create dynamic yes. change very, very quickly. And I was getting testimonials mm -hmm. daily, sometimes weekly for sure. And, and, and it was amazing. Now, other people that were there, other hypnotherapists were like, what is he doing? Why is he getting all of these, yeah. <laughs> these testimonials? They would get one, you know, yeah. one a, a month. <laughs> you know, they were like, that was good if they got one a month. <laughs> I was getting the every, every day or at least a couple times a week. So when wow. so they wanted to see what I was doing. They wanted to say, what is Joshua doing? How is he getting this result? So one of them heard from a friend of his because I worked with his friend. And when I yeah. took her into the quantum field, she had a spiritual experience that she will always remember. And Wow. She told this man about it who, who worked at the center and he came to me and said, I want to experience that. And all I could think of, is he really going to be able to go there? <laughs> you know. But I said, sure. <laughs> I said, sure. I, I'd be happy to take you into a session and, and, and do that. So I work with him and take him into a session and I can see he's not really engaging the session. He's watching me. He's closing his eyes, but he's watching me. He's saying, what is his process? Yeah. What is his technique? So at the end of the wow. experience, he said, yeah, it was slightly better than what I would normally do on my own. I said, oh, good. Well, I said, it was better. Mm -hmm. But then I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's he, he, and he did say, he said, I'm, I'm trying to see what your technique is. And in my head, I'm saying, but I don't have a technique. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking for something that doesn't exist. Because the way that yeah. I work with people is not at that low level of technique. I work with people at the level of identity, spirituality, and purpose. We're, we're working at such higher yeah. levels. Technique isn't even there. There is no, how do I yeah. do it? It's engagement. It is moving the energy. It is creating a change in the moment that shifts everything. Who you are. Yeah. And at such a high level. So the power of what I was doing, he wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't there. So he never learned my technique, of course, because there isn't one. <laughs> well, you were able to help, help him a little, as he stated. I was. Well, he wasn't ready to really go there. <laughs> so now, uh, Joshua, all of this is happening within your world. Um, you now have the anxiety. Yeah. What was happening with you? Um, you are now shifting all of these people and you're talking about the testimonials that you're getting weekly, daily, and so forth. What was your world like when you, was your anxiety still coming? Were you able to manage it? What was happening to you while you were having 
all of these other successful things as you're watching people from the outside. Well, I like what you said about managing it because that's what I was really doing. I was managing it the best that I could. And eventually I left the mm -hmm. center and I went and opened up my own center called the Quantum Healing Center. Later, I changed the name to Quantum Energy Center. And mm -hmm. I, I was working in Fairfax, Virginia, in my own location, in a physical location. Eventually, we, we, we changed that. And now I work online. But when I was in this center, I still had anxiety. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. know. But what was happening was that I had entities and I didn't know it. I thought that I was just an anxious person. So eventually I moved to New York. And when I got to New York, I started making a movie about this quantum work that I was doing because I was getting such great results and I wanted to help people. So I contacted people like mm -hmm. Dr. Bruce Lipton, Donna Eden, yeah. James Oshman. I contacted mm -hmm. um, oh, Norm Shealy and, and all these people, Bertie Siegel. And I invited them yes. to come into a movie with me. And I created a movie. And I was, I was better than I was before. In New York, I, had, I felt better in New York. So I didn't have as much of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. But I still had the anxiety because I didn't know that I had entities. And one of the women that yes. I invited to come and, uh, into the movie, she told me that I had entities. And so when she told me that, I'm like, okay, this is all movie stuff. This is, you know, you see that in the movies and stuff, but this isn't real. What are you talking about? Entities. This is silly. And so she says, no, you have entities. And I'm like, you know, thinking, really? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> so I wasn't there either. I was like, okay, entities, I don't know what you're talking about. But I said, okay, you can clear it. So she clears it for me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I start noticing that the anxiety is a whole lot less. And I was like, yeah. okay, something happened here. So yeah. of course, you know, as I move forward, I, I got entities again because, you know, in New York, there's lots of entities. So, so yeah, yeah. I learned from her how to clear it myself. So I didn't have to, you know, ask her to clear it every, every, every day. So I started to clear yeah. this myself and I kept myself, you know, without the negativity and, and did, well, and then used my quantum work to release the anxiety. And so, because there was, you know, when you, when you have habits and patterns of anxiety, they don't just go away just because yes. the, 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 uh, the root changed. You've got to now change all the habits and patterns and all those things that were there, which, yes. which I did. And then once I, once I did that, I stopped um, having these anxiety attacks that would be really, really huge. I'm still a sensitive person, but I, I didn't have the anxiety attacks to go with it. Yeah. So that was a good thing, and and it was it was it was it was wonderful. Then what happened was I moved from New York um, somewhat recently to New Jersey because my mom uh, she needed some extra help, and I figured well I could live near mm -hmm. her and maybe I could support her better than if I was in New York. So I did. I moved yeah. here, and I didn't realize it, but there are a lot more entities here in New Jersey. <laughs> than there was in New York, or at least they liked me more. I don't know. But I started to have problems with that big time. And a couple of years ago, when I, when I wow. first moved here, I started to feel anxious again, like I did a, a long time ago. But I, but I had tools now. So I was clearing them yes. almost every single day. Oh, my God. I was clearing them. And that was good. But, you know, you, you don't, I don't recognize that I, that entities are around me always right away. So a lot of times I would be attacked by the entities and then I would, I wouldn't say, uh Oh, I realized I have them. I would go clear them, but now I got to recover from that attack. And yes. if it happens on a daily basis, <laughs> then it's even more. So, yeah. you know, it was like, yeah. do I, do I never go out? <laughs> do I never do anything? Yeah. So it became really difficult mm -hmm. until I was guided to to make this pendant and i and i put on the pendant and all of a sudden the entities stayed away from me just like instantly wow. and i was like wow that's a tool that i'm always going to wear so then yeah, uh, eventually yeah. i went and realized that when that i was going to have guests that come in the house too and and if they have entities and they bring them in then my pendant yeah. is it, you yeah. know it doesn't keep them out the house it just keeps them off of me so I made yeah. generators to protect me mm -hmm. from people coming into my house. So now I got the generators outside 
and I've got the pendant on and I have been entity free and I've been a normal person. Everything became wow. normal for me once I did that, just that, and my life totally changed. No more um, of the anxiety, no more of the issues. That was the issue and I resolved it just like that with those, with those two tools. Wow, that is powerful, Joshua. Talk to us about, uh, give us some insight as to accessing that quantum field as you uh, talk about and in your life when you began to um, apply it to others, but also you were applying it to yourself. So talk to us and walk us through a little as you are um, accessing that. And I love how you your explanation of it is that we were at a higher frequency, a higher level, and I love that explanation. But talk to us and make us aware and make those that are listening to you and I, make them aware about of this con, um, uh, quantum field and how to access it. Absolutely. So Dr. Bruce Lipton was one of the people I learned quite a bit from, even before he was in my movie and in my book. I learned from him something that changed my life. He said, if you are in growth, you can heal. And if you're in protection, you can't. And I'm like, okay, what is growth? <laughs> what is that? What is that place I need to be in? And I realized that what growth really is, it is being in your body. It is being present, being, being connected to yourself, being here in the moment. And I was like, great. So I tried to read some books on how do you do that? You know, Edgar Tolley and everybody else. And of course, nobody tells you how to be. <laughs> so, so this was difficult for me to learn it if I didn't know. But what ended up happening was I yeah. learned how to be when I was taught to put my awareness at the base of my spine. And I realized that when I did that, or even lower underneath my feet, both work, and I started to become more present. And then I learned that when you actually bring your higher self into your body, now your higher self is many times outside your body. Why is that? Well, because the higher self is not happy with the low frequency. It likes high frequency. It's called the higher self, right? <laughs> so it needs high frequency. So if I'm anxious, my higher self isn't in my body. My higher self is, is like, was like trying to escape here. You know, it's like, wait, get me out of here. So yeah, yeah. I had to learn to get into my body. So I would bring myself right into my body to be present. And I learned mm -hmm. to be present, but also I learned to get into that growth place that Dr. Lipton was talking about. So, <clears throat> so being in my body was not only getting me present, and into growth, but it also connected me to the quantum field. And so from this perspective, I started to realize that this was the growth place. And that's why I was getting all those yeah. great changes in people, because the first thing I would do is get them into growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where, that's where, the, that's where the changes started, where people would get into growth, and then they would get into mm -hmm. a place where they could actually make a transformation. So... The protection place yeah. is what we might call fight or flight. Yeah. So when yeah. you're in fight or flight, you're in protection, which, you know, when we see people in hospitals not getting better and we see people like from with me not releasing the anxiety because I was never in growth. I was always in protection, yeah. always. So I changed that game. <laughs> I said, OK, that game isn't working. Yeah. So I learned to get into growth, connect to the quantum field and then through breathe, through breathing, intention, and moving that energy at the cellular level of the body, <clears throat> that's how I was able to not only help so many people, but I was able to also finally help myself and move the energies yeah. that were causing the problem of the anxiety in the first place, which is the root cause. The cellular structure of the body holds the root cause to all of our issues and problems. Absolutely. And talk to us because I and I've said this in the onset of the conversation about uh, um, trauma. And to me, I believe, Joshua, that trauma is an emotional experience. We take in that information, whatever that is. So you talked about your parents with their strong personality, and you were watching 
this exchange and to them that's how they communicate as you stated but it was traumatizing to, to you and you got an emotional um, connection to that um, information when it once was uh, you know deposited in you so now how do we and I hear you say it but I wanted you to stop here for a little while and um, marinate on it a little how do you shift that emotional how do you does one free themselves from that emotional trauma that has been sitting there and um, causes them to behave in certain manners and you are now teaching them and educating them how to first notice it and second how they can use some tools to begin to unlock it if you will absolutely so we all know that as we go through life whatever is happening we feel not so good about it and what ends up happening is we don't like that feeling and we don't have a recourse to deal with it so what do we do we shut it down so the feeling comes up or we feel mm -hmm. that feeling in the moment and we suppress it and then we get good at that yeah. <laughs> you know we get we become masters at suppressing our stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, Absolutely. first we start carrying a briefcase and then it becomes a suitcase and maybe a, maybe a, like a, a series of suitcases that we carry around <laughs> with us everywhere we yeah. go of all of our stuff that we pick up as, as we go through our life. What I do is I help people <clears throat> to, to remove those suitcases and even the briefcase, <laughs> get, get it so that we can live our life without all that baggage. And how we do that, how we release that, is we have to get into the system in a way, into our energy system and into our body system, in a way where the body knows it's safe to let go and release. Mm. Your body and energy system will not release if it doesn't feel it's safe. And what's interesting, we've talked about hypnosis before, Doing hypnosis does not get the body in a place where it feels it's safe. You can even go and say you're going to go to your safe place and all that good stuff. But that doesn't get your system into a place where you feel where you actually really fully feel safe energetically and physically. Feeling safe in the body means you have to be in your body. When you're doing hypnosis, for example, you're not necessarily in your body and more than likely you're not in your body at all. So getting into your body is the first thing that I teach people to do. And I have a process that's very simple called being quantum and we get into that place. So can I take you through that? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, great. So um, I like to do it standing. So if you can stand, that would be great. If not, you can sit down and do it too. But it's not, it's, you'll feel a bigger difference if you stand. So if you're standing, you're going to put your awareness uh -huh. under your feet. I'm walking through with you. Okay, I'm walking there, through you're doing walking me Okay. So you put your awareness. Yeah, I'm up. Huh? I said I'm up. I'm, you're I'm, up. I'm, I'm yes. going to do this with you. Okay. So yeah. put your awareness under your feet. So how do you do that? Well, you just think about what's under your feet. I like to just like step on my awareness, you know, just step on it. And when you put your awareness under your feet, you're, you can, you'll notice very quickly that you get out of your head. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a ball of energy and we're going to put that ball of energy above our head with our hands. And you're going to drop that ball of energy into the top of your head. And you're going to let that ball of energy go down into your head as it drifts down, going behind your eyes, passing your throat, your heart, your upper stomach and your lower stomach, going down until you, it lands at the base of your spine and taking a deep breath when you get there and let it out. Now reach up above your head and grab your higher self, still keeping your attention under your feet, by the way, grab your higher self and pull your higher self in just like you did with the ball. You're going to pull your higher self into the top of your head and let that higher self slide, slide down the body. And breathing is good all the way down until the higher self goes past your stomach and down your legs and all the way into your feet. And when you get down there, taking a deep breath and let it out. Good. And now open your auric field. You're going to open the energy around you. 
So you're just going to imagine this bubble around you just opens up really big, keeping your attention under your feet still. You're going to open up that energy all around you so that you are filling the room with your energy, with your field. So you're not just where you're standing, but you're every potential place in the room. And you're also having that auric field be huge all around you so that you have all the space. Feel that space, keeping your awareness under your feet. Good. Now, this is where we get into the body. So do you notice a difference here? Mm-hmm. Now what we would do is we would, we would move, start moving the energy. So I'll take you through a quick exercise to move the energy. Now you, now you could think about something you know, that you want to change or not. It doesn't matter because you're going to feel a difference after this anyway. And what we're going to do is we're going to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth with noise. So it may make a sound. So you're going to breathe in and out. Breathe in and out. And breathe in and out. And breathe in and out. Now we're going to do something called candle breaths. You're going to blow out candles on a birthday cake that is pretend in front of you. And you're going to do it fast. You're going to go. And then you're going to go. And you're going to do it very quickly in a row. So it would go like this. Like that, right? So let's do 15 candle breaths. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Good. Keep breathing after you finish your last candle breath. Breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. If you feel a little dizzy, that's normal. Hold on to something. (laughs) But you're good. You're good. And just breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Put your attention back under your feet if it lifted. And just allow your body to balance for a moment. And you'll start to notice that you're more confident, that you are taller than you were before. You might might actually feel that. Um, you'll feel that you're, yeah. um, and if you walk, you'll notice that, you, that you're not walking the same as you were walking before, that you actually are like maybe on a, on a, on a stage. <laughs> you feel so tall. And you feel like you're, like you're stronger and you have more energy and confidence. How do you feel? Oh, I feel pretty good. We uh, did something similar like this in an ashram and they call it... Um, Natayanda yoga, I think it is, uh-huh. and fire breath. And that's what uh, we did. And I, I would tell people, Joshua, that the breath, as I learned all about breathing stuff, and that's why it's so important that people understand what it is. It is that bridge between the natural and the supernatural. Yes. When one begins to take those, you begin to cross the bridge, if you will, and you begin to let go of those things that are in the natural realm. And then you enter into the spiritual realm and it begins to change you and you feel it immediately. Like you said, you, you're taller. You're breathing now from different parts of your body. Your diaphragm is lifts up, your shoulders are up and you're this new being because you have now access, as you said, that higher um, quantum uh, uh, feel where you are, you know, that's where all the power is, man. Yes, I feel, I feel good. So I have some understanding of it because, again, from that angle coming from the uh, the yoga side, because we we would call it the fire breath, and it would then usher us into that um, into that state. And I tell people, it is a state, Joshua, that you're moving from one state to another. And when you arrive into that other state, I can stand in a crowd of millions of people. And it doesn't affect me the noise because I am a different. I'm in a different place. Absolutely, and yes, the the candle breaths are are a version um, of the fire breath. The key of what we did though is we got into our body first, and then we did yes. the breathing. Then the difference between that is you could just do breathing. That's not going to make the difference if you're in your body and yeah. you do the breathing then you're actually in the quantum field and moving the energy at the cellular structure of the body to create a dynamic change. Yes. And you do feel it. I do feel like a clarity in my 
um, in my brain area yes. um, around my arm. You feel that clarity uh, there in the mind. And, um, you know, everyone that is listening to this conversation with, with Joshua, man, um, I want you guys to get into his space, get his books, get into the Quantum Energy Center, call him. Um, I'm going to provide all those things where you can access his information because you need to learn about discovering the signs of the quantum manifestation in your life so that you can then uh, lift your energy to that different vibration that you need so that your life will change and you will change your world around you as you change the world inside of you. And it is a beautiful way to live, if you will, and express yourself. And uh, Joshua talks about you then, as you begin to express and live in that space, you become servants. You begin to look at others and you begin to walk with them, hold their hands and introduce them to their higher self so that they can um, be free from the lower energy that so many of us reside on a daily basis. And you do need to make that shift, as um, uh, Joshua would say, you need to make that shift happen. And you can only do that once you get familiar with your body, get into your body. And then once you get into your body, you are then able to um, exercise and get into the quantum energy field. Joshua, uh, thank you so much, man. I wanna, I have another question to ask you about. Yes, um, you are, I mean, just doing these. Talk to me about, because you mentioned some of them. Talk to us about some of those folks that made the transition, if you will, from the lower self to the quantum self. Talk to us about that. What did you notice in them? You mentioned that first lady that came in and she got it right away and she ran out and, and told your, your, your previous boss. Talk to us about some of those that you remember and when the shift took place, what happened to that individual? Well, well I'll tell you about the first time that it actually happened uh, for me in, in a big way where I didn't even realize yeah. this was even possible. So it like blew my mind. So I was in the I was in the hypnosis center and this lady requested to have a session with me. And 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 it was shortly after this other I worked with that other lady, right? So this lady wanted to work uh, or at least her file was all about weight loss and I didn't have, know anything about weight loss. That was that was nothing that I knew about. And I was kind of yeah. scared because I like how am I going to help this lady? So she comes in and I, and I see her walking by me. She comes into the center and she's literally dragging her foot behind. Like one foot is walking normally and the other one is dragging. And all I could think about is what did I get myself into? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and so anyway, she, uh, she, she met with the receptionist there and um, she sat in the, in the waiting room and then I, brought her into my office and she was very, very nice. Uh, but I said to her, so what do you want to work on today? And she says, well, I want to work on fibromyalgia. I said, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Okay. I didn't know weight loss, but I certainly didn't know what she just said. And she said, I have fibromyalgia. I said, what is that? And then she told me she had heaviness in the legs and then she couldn't sleep and she had pain in her legs as well. And um, some days she couldn't even get out of bed. And I'm like, oh, okay. She says it was an incurable syndrome, but she wanted me to help her with it anyway. And I thought, well, mm -hmm. she can't really expect a lot. She just told me it was an incurable syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to be honest with you, I felt relaxed about it. I said, oh, okay. She's not expecting so much. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I'll do it. I'll, I'll play the game with you. So uh, <laughs> I said, well, what was happening in your life around the time that, not that you got diagnosed with it, but when you thought something was wrong. And at that moment, she said, nobody had asked me that question. And so she was standing at the time when I, when I, when I had asked her the question. 
because we had just walked into my office and she sat down and she started to cry. And at first I'm like, what did I do? Mm. <laughs> you know, just yeah. lady is, this lady is crying. So what do you do when someone cries? I, I pulled up my chair next to her and I hold her hands and I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm right here with you. And she started to, um, you know, all these tears are coming out. And so I said, just put your attention in your body. And I took her through the quantum process. And mm -hmm. she's going through the quantum process with me. And in four minutes, she looks at me and she says, it left my body. Wow. And I, I'm, I'm like, what left your body? She said, <laughs> the fibromyalgia, I felt it leave. It, it went out. Now, wow. at that moment, I wasn't sure who the crazy one was. Because, you know, <laughs> at this point, she was talking crazy talk with me. She's saying that, yeah. that, that, this, um, that the fibromyalgia left her body. And I'm, and I'm thinking, what? So this was, you know, I thought, you know, I like to think that anything is possible, but, you know, but what is she saying? Really? So when this happened, I was really in shock and um, she seemed to be in less shock than me. Um, <laughs> and I said, she said, I had an intuition that I should come and see you. And that's why I requested to, to see you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm glad that she had the intuition because I had nothing, you know, I was like, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we did this process. She and 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 she's saying these things, and I'm wondering what's going on. And and so she and I decide she decides to leave. You know, we finished the work, and I notice yeah. she's not dragging her foot behind when she's walking. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting, because she was literally dragging her foot behind, and now she's walking. You know, not perfectly, but certainly not like she was when she came in. And I said, wow, that's a difference. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is this possible? What what just happened here? And so my mind was blown. I didn't understand what happened, what we did. Uh, I mean, I got it, but didn't get it, right? The next yeah, day yeah. she called me. She says, Joshua, I'm so grounded. I've never been so grounded in my life. She says, do you know I've had this fibromyalgia for 16 years? And she said, in just a few minutes of working with you, I'm able to sleep. I'm able to, you know, I don't have that heaviness in my legs. The pain went away. She said, I have my life back. So now it's been wow. like 10 years since that's happened. Now, maybe even more than that, probably more. But I think it's more like 20 years now that since that's happened with her. And it's, wow, it's just really, really been a life altering change for her. But in that moment, it changed my life. Because she taught me that anything was possible. I didn't know it was quite, I didn't know anything was quite possible then. But now I knew it. And if it wasn't for her, I would not have shifted my anxiety. I guarantee it. Because she taught me, if, if, if we could do that in just a few minutes, we certainly can get rid of my anxiety. So that was the precursor <laughs> of getting rid of my anxiety. But then it happened for so many people after that. Now that I knew what was possible, I said, oh, wait a second. Now I've got something. Now I know I've got something. Now we can actually do some work that will really make a difference. So as people came in, I was like, I'm ready for you. Yeah. Are you ready for me? <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> so we started to, I started to get people more in their bodies and, and, and move the energy at the yeah. cellular level of the body and create changes. This one lady came in. She was, um, she was very, very religious. She was Catholic. Mm -hmm. And, she did not want to tell me anything. She told me one thing. She says, I have migraine headaches and I don't want them anymore. Can you help me? Wow. And I'm sitting there saying, I think so. You know, if you're willing to try it, I'm willing to try it. Let's, let's, let's do it. And she said, okay. So she comes in and the first day that she comes in, she can't sit down. I said, why can't you sit down? She says, I have this pain at the, at the base of my spine there. It really hurts. And, I, and she said, I, I've been getting out of the car. I had to scream because it hurts so badly. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we should work on that today. She says, no, 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 no. I want to work on the migraine headaches. I don't want the migraine headaches anymore. I said, I get that, but you can't even sit down. <laughs> so, I, so I had a couch. I said, lay down on my couch. She said, okay, I can lay down, but I cannot sit down. I said, fine.
So I work with her. And um, I, I promised her I would only work on the migraine headaches because she was so adamant about it. So I said, okay, we'll only work yeah. on migraine headaches. So um, we're working on the migraine headaches. I'm taking her through the process. And, you know, in about, you know, 30, 40 minutes, um, we finish. And she sits up. And, and I'm wondering why she's sitting. Just a moment, just, you know, 30 minutes ago, she couldn't sit yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm sitting. <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, wh- why are you sitting? She says, I don't know. <laughs> she says, so, she, so she stood up and she, she said, I don't, I don't have any pain. I said, oh, that's good. Wow. So she said, wait a second. So she went and she sat in the waiting room chair and she's sitting in my waiting room. Mm-hmm. She would not leave. She sat there for an hour after the session. Wow. She said, I can sit. I can sit. She says, I don't have any pain. I can sit. She couldn't believe it. She said, I want to see how long I can sit here before I get pain. She, she didn't get any pain back at all. So she was sitting there for a really long time. So she came back in for the second session. And I felt very, very close to her. So I was like giving her a hug and she puts her hand out. It's like, oh, okay, I can't give her a hug <laughs> because she's, yeah. you know, she's very, uh, I don't know. She, she didn't want me to hug her. I said, fine. Yeah. So I shook her hand and uh, she came in and um, I work with her on the second session. Of course, I'm only working on migraine headaches. I promise her I'm only working on migraine headaches. Yes. Uh, but now she had a really great change. Yeah. But she says, you know, the migraines, you know, they didn't really change all that much. I said, oh, no problem, no problem. I'll, let's work on that. So I work on the migraine headaches. And we go through. Yeah several several sessions after that by the third session she was giving me a hug (laughs) who are you you know she said she said i don't know what happened joshua but you know i haven't really really um connected with my husband in in years and and now i'm like a 16 year old girl she says "I, i i'm connecting with my husband she's now giving me a hug i mean things have changed you know at the at such a high level for her and then yeah. she, uh, we did another session. And after that session, she came in and she said, um, I don't have eczema anymore. I said, I didn't know you had eczema. Wow. <laughs> she didn't tell me she had eczema. Wow. She says, well, the eczema went away. And she said, I went to my doctor and I, and I told him that the eczema was gone. And he says, well, that's impossible. And so he made her disrobe and show him that it was gone. And he did nothing to say to that. So he just walked out the room. And so she was very, uh, she was like, I don't know what's going on, but obviously some really good things. And so um, now after that last session, um, you know, she would get a migraine headache maybe once a year, twice a year at most. And she, you know, no eczema. Mm -hmm. Um, all of these things have changed. She got, she stopped yelling at her kids. So many things had changed for her in her life simply on those few sessions that we did together that were life altering. And, and they all sort of changed kind of at the same time as we were going through these sessions. It was, again, another example of, wow, look at what's possible. So she also showed me mm-hmm. what was possible that you could have like a billion things wrong with you. <laughs> And it can yeah. it can change so fast. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very. She was very happy with the result. She sent me her family. Literally, I worked with both of her sons. Oh. I worked with her sister. <laughs> she just, she just like you know sending. <laughs> oh, and the funniest thing was when her sister came in. You know, I was using the the oracle cards, and I had them fanned out. And when people came in, they would pick a card, and we would we would go over how beautiful it is. But you know. She's very religious and her sister, you know, she thinks of those things as, you know, not good, right? <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not a safe thing yeah. for a, for a Catholic woman. So her sister saw the oracle cards and so, <laughs> so her, um, so she pushed her sister into my office. She said, just go in there. <laughs> and, and she, and, and of course I didn't have anything like that in my office. And so she sits in me and we, and we have a transformation with her as well. But I thought it was so funny because she got yeah. so triggered that I had these cards out. And, and yeah. the, the most amazing thing was how open uh, she was, you know, because when you're very religious, oracle cards and crystals may not yeah. be, you know, 
in your realm of what's okay. But what she realized was, you know, God sent me to Joshua so that he could help me mm -hmm. release all this stuff. So forget about the cards and stuff like that. Because I didn't use them with her because, you know, I'm, I'm respectful. If, if she's, yes. this is not in alignment, we're not going to do anything that's out of alignment. So it was wonderful and so beautiful to, to have helped her and her entire family. And of course, um, I continue to help people. That is awesome. Anyone that, again, has been listening to us, this has been a wonderful conversation with Joshua. And Joshua, I would just want to thank you for coming because as we said on the onset, I believe that the audience is ready. And um, he's here, folks. So any one of you that are struggling with uh, many of the things that he mentioned, even those things he didn't mention, get in touch with Joshua so that he can assist you and switch you and take you, as he said, shift, uh, let that shift happen within your life as you get into your body. And then he can then help you to bring in your higher self and switch you into that quantum field so that you can receive your gifts and your blessings that are there for you. Joshua, thank you so much for coming at Threads of Enlightenment, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. It's been awesome. Thank you.